Yeah, I'm here with my dad. I'm here with our general manager. We're talking about a bunch of Jewish holidays because there's a bunch coming up in September. And we're also just going through kind of the Old Testament and the New Testament and figuring out some things that maybe we've read kind of wrong. Maybe our translations have been a little bit, a little bit wrong about, you know. So I think it's interesting that you're pointing out some things that we would have never known when, sure. it, when it comes to words that maybe meant something different. Yeah, you know? and wrong is is, uh, is probably a little strong of a word. You know, the wonderful thing about Scripture, you know, when anytime you translate something, you have a lot of choices of words. And so you just got to kind of pick the one that, that fits. And these translators are brilliant, brilliant men and women. And so in language, there are limitations. You, there's certain ways you can say things. When you translate it into another language, a lot of times there's just not a word for that. And and so, uh, so I suppose wrong is probably not as word a good word is. There's differences. There's different ways. There's different ways of for clarity and different things that express things. And where we were talking earlier, I guess probably from the wrong. We we're talking about the camel going through the eye of a needle when it was actually a rope. Uh, that's just because there are certain idioms in languages like Hebrew and Aramaic which aren't in Greek, and and so those you lose those, and you just make your best guess and you end up with a camel going through a needle. So those aren't particularly good translations, but once again, they are—they uh, make for great stories. And uh, I've heard so many sermons on camels, and uh, when it's all the time just talking about a rope. So sometimes going back to a language where it was actually uh, the delivered in just gives you a, a neat take and. You, you did pick an interesting one for this one because we talked about our Father, right? Mm -hmm. Our Father in heaven. And the and Scripture says, typically in the translation from Greek, hallowed be your name, which is actually just an excellent uh, translation. Uh, the Hebrew is likewise. They use the word sanctified. Uh, Yit Kadesh is that word, sanctified. Simcha, your name, may it be sanctified. Uh, so whether it's hallowed or sanctified, very, very same word, same concept, except when you jump into the Hebrew, this is where one of those areas where it's not so much right or wrong, but you just add a whole depth of meaning to it. Regardless of the translation, praying for God's name to be hallowed or sanctified is a bit like asking for this fire to become hot. Uh, fire's already hot. God's name is already hallowed, sanctified, holy. It is what it is. Uh, in Ezekiel 36, God shared his concern for how mankind was looking at his holy name. He says this, I had concern, by word is Hamal, for my holy name, which the house of Israel has profaned among the nations. I will sanctify my great name. The nations will know that I am Yehovah when I am sanctified in you before their eyes. So, this connection that Jesus gives us in the Lord's Prayer to pray, may your name be sanctified, this reaches all the way back into Ezekiel from the heart of God. Why are we praying this? Concern in Hebrew, hamal, that word, means to have pity, to spare, or to become responsible for. He goes on to say that he will sanctify his own name, but also that the nations would know it was true when he sanctified in us. So if you notice there, God's doing it but yet we're involved. So a bit of Hebrew grammar. You, who doesn't love a little grammar? This phrase, <laughs> to sanctify, is in the Hebrew passive voice, which means that God is taking the responsibility for accomplishing it. When this passive voice is connected to God, it's called the divine passive, which was the most common way that Yeshua, Jesus, taught. Uh, 
essentially means that God will hold us accountable for being sanctified, but he'll take the responsibility to make us sanctified so that we're properly sanctified. In other words, it's summed up in the cross of Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word sanctified and the Greek word hallowed, very similar. Hebrew concept, good bit deeper. Holy, hallowed, sanctified, all mean to set apart, to be sacred or to consecrate. The Greek idea, though, because, you know, you're thinking of Mount Olympus, he's gods up on the big mountain. It really means you're observing something as holy. But in the Hebrew, very, very different. Everything they did was about making things sanctified. The difference is this. If you wash a cup and it's clean, you can separate it and call it holy. If you drink from that clean cup, it's now sanctified. See, it requires my action. I have to be a part of it in terms of Hebrew. I'm not just declaring God's name as holy or sanctified or hallowed. I'm making myself available to go and to do what he asks to sanctify his name, which is already holy. I'm not describing him. It's relational. I'm volunteering to carry his name so that when people look at me, you know, we say, well, you're a Christian. You're a Jesus follower. You're this. That's always that's all connected to the concept of, of, of being sanctified. You know, when you're in church, you call the room you meet in a sanctuary, right? It's not a room that you don't let people in, you know, to walk around and be a part of because you got to keep it super clean and holy. It's a room where God is present to clean people with his presence, where we can give him that set-apart, sanctified worship. That's a sanctuary. So its name tells you about its purpose. It's got no other reason to exist. It's a sanctuary because of what you do in it. Names were linked with one's reputation. If God is our Father, Jesus is dwelling inside of us, we're praying to live in such a way that God's name and reputation is exalted, not tarnished. Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So if you've got in the habit of, uh, of praying our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and just kind of flying by that, no. You're, you're, you're actually literally gripping that and saying, all right, this very day, sanctify your name in me. Let people see me. And when they see me, they see you. That's what you're praying. I love the fact that, you know, there's a lot more than just reading that. There's a lot that we can do, like you're saying, to understand why Jesus prayed the things that he did every day and how it was our example to do this every day, not just to read it one time or think that we know something, but to keep practicing, oh, keep practicing this. So. Amen.